0: You are listening to You've Got 5 Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners and one cat to make a show especially for you.
1: An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello, everyone.
0: This is Marta and this is Anna and this is You've Got 5 Options show. Yes, it is. And today we are recording the very last radio show in 2019, although for all of you, you will actually hear it at the beginning of 2020, right? So welcome, guys, to the absolutely new decade. (laughs) 2020 (laughs) is on. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> very good, Marta. You you catch that very <laughs> well. Yes. So it doesn't matter that we recorded this in 2019 because you are listening to this in 2020. My God, are, w- w- we are going to be living in 20s. Yes. That's so weird to say, you know, when I think 20s, I think about some... Things I saw once on an old movies channel. Okay, that's not relevant. What is relevant is that today we are having a very special show. And yes, I know, I use the word special way too much on our uh, radio show. But today we actually do something completely different than we usually do. We will watch ourselves on TV and comment on that. And Marta, why are we doing that?
1: So just that you don't think that we are absolutely weird, which we know you do anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it's so. not only about watching ourselves. No, it's actually about uh, watching ourselves as we were interviewing. We were actually running around like headless chickens mm-hmm. in TEDx orhus 2019.
0: Yep. Doing quite some nice shows backstage stories. Yeah, backstage stories, exactly. And uh, guys, we have interviewed almost all the speakers. We have found uh, volunteers from the audience. We talked with organizers. We were running around, uh, us and uh, and a cameraman, and uh, we have a footage Raw footage that proves that we were there and that we actually know something about something and that something is interviewing people. And what we will do now today, we will actually play you some clips from TEDx Aarhus. For those of you who see us on TV or on the Internet, uh, you will also be able to see those clips, not only listen to them. And then we will reflect back in a studio because we are in a studio on our journey with the speakers and with TEDxOrchus. How does it sound? We will also reflect on it because we like reflecting, right? Yeah, we will love to reflect. uh, But guys, seriously, it's probably one of the biggest nightmares to watch yourself on TV. (laughs) I definitely uh, have a radio face. Yes, I also have a radio (laughs) face. At least this is it, it, there, are, there is a living proof in front of me that I have a radio face, but it doesn't matter because it's it's too late. We will show it on TV. Yeah, we have no shame. Yeah, but let's not make it about us. Let's make it about the speakers. Uh, fantastic people. We had a true uh, it was a true privilege and honor to actually be able to talk with with them and to ask them about their challenges, uh, the wisdoms they learned, the bullshits, the surprises, you know, the drill. That's our show. Uh, it was a great time. And regardless of our radio faces, I think uh, this will be our one of our most significant shows Yet. I agree
1: with that, and I really also wanted to take uh, to take the opportunity to thank Lesse, mm-hmm. who has actually taken a whole day out of his weekend, yeah, and absolutely voluntarily. Had come to join us and he was running after us mm-hmm. with the camera and recording all that. So,
0: thank you so much, uh, Lesse. Yes, yeah, so basically, Lasse is the man behind the camera, and of course, Dennis is a man behind the computer today, recording us as well for you guys. So, I think the best way would be to just start with an introduction that we have recorded from TEDx Orhus, especially for you guys.
1: Oh yeah. good. Hello everyone. This is Marta.
0: And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options Show. And we would like to welcome you not from the radio station but from TEDx Orhu's
1: Guys. Marta, wow, what an excitement. I forgot my poker face, sorry. TEDx Orhu's Guys.
0: Yes, <laughs> so as you can see here we have uh, some slides because TEDx is asking, like always, very serious questions about life and human existence. Uh, so we will be definitely covering that because in this show you will hear all the interviews with the speakers. We actually managed to agree with organizers that we will interview all of the speakers, um, so you will know what they really think behind the stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely tune in,
1: guys. All the eleven speakers of, of TEDx Orhuz are going to share their wisdom their challenges maybe something more than that
0: maybe maybe if we will make them or if we will give them some good alcohol <laughs> that's my that's my backup plan actually for the speakers yeah yeah but we are super excited so guys Stay tuned
1: and listen to the most amazing um, episode so far, TEDx, Aarhus, and you've got five options. What a connection. And
0: by the way, guys, as you can see, we also managed after two years. Oh my God, I have to get used to with this microphone. We managed to get our own T-shirts with the logo. So this is how people can recognize that this is us. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Actually, I'm still a little bit out of my comfort zone because I have to remember to look into the Camera while standing and keeping microphone in the right way, we have a hell of a day ahead of us.
1: Yes, we do. So stay
0: tuned and enjoy the show. Yeah. So, uh, as you can see, guys, we, guys, we actually prepared a proper introduction. And uh, yeah, of course, we did not interview those speakers behind the stage, as I have <laughs> mentioned, with my rather poor English. It was supposed to be behind the scenes. Uh, what was behind the stage, Marta? I think it was a toilet. Toilet, yeah, yeah definitely. Toilet. There was toilet behind. So I would like to just uh, clarify that we have not conducted any interviews with the speakers behind the stage, uh, aka in a toilet. And now I think it's time to introduce our artist of the week. I think maybe we could just mention that we actually did
1: not get one of the speakers to
0: speak Ah, to us. Yes, that's true. But we got her partner in crime and that will be also revealed by the end of this episode. So I think we, we still kind of did a good job. So, Dennis, let's hear the artist of the week.
2: Superman Music brings to you. of the week.
0: So, guys, it's not Dave from Supermoon that is introducing today's Artist of the Week. However, Dave from Supermoon Music was taking care of the baby when I was uh, with Marta at Orhus. So that's the very vague connection. You know, we always try to make some sort of a connection. So today's Artist of the Week are actually our speakers. So let's hear a little of a compilation and see who are we featuring today in today's episode.
3: So my name is Andreas Hogo Laussen. I'm an associate professor at the Technical University of Denmark and on a daily basis I work with snake venoms in developing better anti-venoms against snake bite envenoming.
4: Hello, my name is Sina Maria Hiestan and I'm a clinical psychologist with my own practice here in office. Uh, my topic was about how uh, you can have a foundation to become uh, more um, prone to be in a psycholo- psychological abusive relationship so uh, this is what was i was talking about that that some women especially have had a upbringing that makes them more vulnerable to be in a psychological abusive relationship
5: so my name is uh, stefan and i've been talking about social benefits and people on them and how to make a better system that helps people more and is costing less pretty much. And I run an own Center for Social mm-hmm. Rethinking and that's where I work and that's what I do every day.
6: Hello, my name is Casper Schmidt. I'm an assistant professor at Auburn University and I've been here at TEDx always today to talk about the fact that addiction involving pornography has become a diagnosis and the implications of that.
7: My name is Sarah and my talk was about how we can redesign design towards a future that works for all of us.
2: Uh, Hey, my name is Bryce Johnson. Uh, I am a hip hop dancer. and My talk here at TED Talks was titled We Dance How We Live. And basically what it was about is just the fact that how we think and how we feel emotionally will be expressed uh, from the body, whether it's verbally or physically, and just being aware of it and understanding how we can use it to develop not just as a dancer, but as a human being.
8: My name is Emma, and I am the local poetry slam champion here in Aarhus, and I did a speech about poetry slam and also about the joy of recreating and reinventing the things that are right in front of us. Uh, I'm Vanna, and I'm an archeologist, and my talk today was about
0: uh, how we can use the past to make our lives better today.
9: My name is Cecilia My sommer and today I talked a bit about prejudices and the prejudices we have about mental illness. I am I have a lot of different disorders myself, so I wanted to talk about it from my point of view, because I f- think there's a lot of stigma about the subject, and I find it interesting to hear what people think about it.
10: My name is Ludwig Murn. I'm a professor in medical physics, and I was here to talk about Uh, Proton therapy in uh, cancer treatment.
0: So, (laughs) I'm sorry, I was laughing because at the very end I have realized that uh, the last uh, four uh, speakers or five speakers are the speakers I have not interviewed at all. Right, Marta? Yeah, that's true. You needed to go back to take care of
1: your baby Mm -hmm. uh, because Dave, he had to go and play some concert. Yeah. Yeah. Life of a musician. But you still pulled it off and you were there for the majority.
0: Yes, I I missed the, the third part of the speeches. And Marta, you did this all by yourself, Celine Dion style. How was it?
1: Well, it was definitely cooler to do it with you. It Mm -hmm. was much less, uh, I felt a little bit stressed when I was uh, with it alone for a little bit. And then by then I was like, ah, what the hell? I'm just going to roll with it and I'm just going to make it happen.
0: Okay. Uh, Could you say that this was a sort of a challenge? Yes, that was. And that is a smooth transition to our next segment. (laughs)
1: A very challenging challenge of the week.
0: So today we will present couple of challenges. And those are the challenges that uh, the speakers on TEDx or who's shared with us. Uh, those challenges will mm, cover an array of different things. Uh, stage fright, fear, uh, challenge with focus, challenge with choosing the right narrative. Hell of a lot of challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I did not realize before we spoke to all the speakers how actually challenging it is to be a speaker at TEDx. For some of them, even being interviewed by us was challenging. Yes, it was. <laughs> and not because we uh, there is something wrong with us, right? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, guys, we have selected a couple of, of challenges and before you will see the clips... I would like to tell you who you will actually see. So actually the first, uh, too many actuallys, the first person that you will see is Sine. And Sine was talking about emotionally abusive relationships and how uh, our upbringing uh, can in a way uh, make us more prone to entering an abusive, uh, emotionally abusive relationship. Sine is an authorized psychologist, psychotherapist and mindfulness instructor and uh, she actually have released a book, I believe like two months ago because I follow her on Facebook. The book is in Danish though, but I think it's a really great read if you are interested in uh, emotional uh, abuse in relationships. So, uh, that will be the first speaker we will uh, we will show in a moment, and the other one is Vana. I don't know Vana personally, unfortunately, because she was already in the uh, segment uh, where I was uh, taking care of my baby. But Marta, you you know Vana, right? You you have interviewed her. Yes, I did interview
1: Vana, and uh, Vana was making a speech about how to use all the knowledge that we know from the past, from the history, so that we can make our life better right now. I found her speech to be very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And she made quite some good points about how we humans are not very good in learning uh, from the past. So that was a really interesting thing. And Vanna, she is uh, an archaeologist. And she used to
0: live in Denmark, but she has recently moved out. Okay. And she moved out from my uh, wise notes, I can tell you, to Dublin because she has, uh, yeah, she has started a research work in UCD in Dublin. Wow. Way to go, Nana. Vana. (laughs) Nana. Sorry, Vana. Uh, Way to go. And uh, yeah. Uh, let's share the challenges from Sina and Vana now. Uh, Marta, yes. you so, have your questions.
1: Yeah, I know that. we have a few questions that are related more to what our audience is expecting. And one of the first questions is, what was the biggest challenge for you now on this journey of becoming a TEDx speaker?
4: Oh, the biggest journey was a challenge. Was that it is a, it's a topic that is quite important for me. It, it, it's. And it's also about a very private, uh, no, well, not private, but personal. personal subject for me. So how can I talk about it without becoming too private or personal? Um, and then, of course, I, I have a little stage fright, so that was also a big uh, challenge for me to to go up there and 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 for. For me, it is a very vulnerable situation to go up on stage and talk about something that is really important, meaningful and uh, vulnerable for me.
1: Well, we could definitely experience your emotions, so thank you so much <laughs> and for your courage to do yes. that anyway. What has been the biggest challenge for you when participating in that event of TEDx Aarhus 2019?
7: Overcoming my fears? Because uh, deciding to give a TED talk uh, was one of my biggest fears of 2019. And that and overcoming that uh, has taught me a lot about myself.
0: So I believe that here we can definitely see that the speakers that we afterwards watch and rewatch on YouTube do have a stage fright and they are vulnerable like any other human being. And they actually are afraid to talk like most of People would, I guess. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, well, they are humans, so that is expected that some of them definitely have some fears and they have an amazing team working with them for months, helping mm-hmm. them to uh, get ready for that event. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing to watch it uh, being there.
8: Mm-hmm. It's
1: a completely different experience than watching it online because the
0: online versions are heavily edited. Yeah, very polished and it looks like, wow, we have only like people who are like, yeah, they just talk and stuff, but there is a lot of work behind it. And uh, there was also one thing that Sina said that, you know, it was difficult for her. Because it was a private topic. It was something that she have personally maybe experienced, uh, at least in her work with, with, her, um, with her clients or patients. So uh, that also has to be tough when you are actually touching upon something that is very personal to you. Well, I, I, my impression is that majority of them bring those mm-hmm. topics that are very, very close to their heart. So it must be quite a challenging thing. Yeah, but talking about polished uh, versions, one of the key things in in, in TEDx is that the speakers have sh- actually they have a script. They agree with the curators, the people who are actually coaching them as well on how to talk, that they will follow a certain script. So they know that it will take them this and this amount of time and so on. And apparently sticking to the script is not necessarily uh, so easy for some of the people. And we have here two speakers that will talk about the challenges with the script. But before that, let's just say who they are. So number one uh, is Stefan. Number one, because I think he will be the first. Actually, I don't know, because I haven't seen that footage since two days. So I forgot. This is a double interview that you will see in a moment. So uh, Stefan is actually a very interesting person. He um I have a little note and I will actually read it because it, it's actually quite cool. Uh, since Stefan was a kid, seeing people who were lonely, drunk or having a difficult time in the streets affected him deeply. He has been politically active since the age of 15. And after traveling the West Bank of Palestine and walking the cami- uh, Camino, uh, the work with marginalized and homeless people has become important to him. And in 2013, Stefan chose to be homeless for six months while spending all his time with the marginalized people in Aarhus. While doing this, he built, and here probably someone would have to pronounce it in Danish, but in English, it will be the foundation. And the foundation is organization aiming to help these people. And actually, uh, Stefan currently um, is, uh, I think he's also leading a center for social rethinking, and he's doing a lot of work trying to lobby in parliament, changing the rules of uh, giving people social benefits. Uh, I would really highly recommend uh, everyone to see his speech once it will be uh, on YouTube, because all of the speeches will be there. And uh, it's very interesting uh, concept and idea that he's uh, propagating. And Casper, uh, the second person that will talk about his challenges, the second speaker is actually a neuroscientific uh, researcher. And he has established early early neurobiological markers of porn addiction, which in June 2018 led to its inclusion in the World Health Organization list of diseases opening new door for treatment of this group of individuals. So let's hear uh, from Stefan and Kasper, what were their biggest challenges? So guys, um, the first question that comes to mind is what is the biggest challenge in preparing a speech like this for a speaker? Kasper?
6: Well, I think that it has been very difficult to prepare a script and then memorize that script I think it's very individual how you prepare for a TED talk. My curator and I um, sort of came to the agreement that that might be the best approach for my talk. And I've never before tried to speak before um, or to memorize something like 1,200 words in a word by word fashion. So that was a, quite a big challenge.
0: Yeah, I could imagine that. What about you, Stefan?
6: Well,
5: <laughs> yeah, the same. Um, one of the demands to participate was to make a script, which is, uh, I do a lot of talks and I don't do scripts. So that was um, something I have been opposing a bit, and we, um, we kind of tried to do a workaround, and, and what I found was that I tried, but it didn't work, because every time I said a, a wrong sentence in my rehearsals, I panicked. So I ended up um, throwing it to the side, and obviously some of it stuck, but then I decided to just, you know, do my slides and let them be my guide. So I had like a timeline of pictures. So I knew I'm here now and I'm going here. And then I, I just spoke more freely. Um, so the biggest challenge was also getting two hours of information, which is what I usually do, down to 12 minutes. It was horrible for me because I felt like there was so much I had to tell in order to make it relevant. But Uh, we had to do it and so I did it
0: yeah actually uh, isn't Stefan one of those speakers who admitted that he basically threw the script away yeah he kind of did and I could actually notice
1: that he let himself go Mm -hmm. so to speak in a sense that he started to bring more humor into his speech you could see that it was very very natural whereas with some speakers you could actually see that they are actually saying something word by word I think that you you can kind of sense it.
0: Yeah, especially if you are there and you see it live. And the other speaker that also admitted to... uh let's say, uh, violating his script, is Bryce. And uh, you might remember Bryce from uh, an episode that we made not so long ago. Bryce was here in a studio and it was a fantastic episode. And we also decided what are the stupidest lyrics of uh, the song of all time. Uh, So if you want to go back to that episode and also learn more about Bryce's journey, please do so, because he had a lot of great things to say about TEDx and about his own professional life. Uh, But uh, Bryce and Sarah were also revealing their their challenges, and we will play it in a moment. But uh, before that, Sarah is an award-winning industrial designer, and she had a speech about, um, how can we call it, conscious design? Marta, you actually... uh You like that speech. I like that speech. We like that speech.
1: Yeah, she was uh, talking about uh, trans, kind of like transitioning out of human-centered design to Mm humanity-centered design. And I really liked uh, that her approach was very down-to-earth. And she was asking some goddamn good questions. Oh, yes. And showing how complex it actually is to choose your approach in being sustainable, in trying mm-hmm. to be sustainable. How how complex is that? I just remember like she was talking about cucumber and she was saying so wrapping it in plastic, plastic is not good but then when you don't wrap it in plastic
0: it's going bad quicker. So what is better for the ecosystem? Yeah, I remember <laughs> the cucumber uh, paradox. I think we can call it like that. So let's hear from Bryce and Sarah what were their biggest challenges? said. <laughs>
7: I think my biggest challenge was to focus, because I had so many ideas about what I could talk about, and the curators just kept bringing me back. So back to your core. Um, And in the end, that worked really well. So my biggest challenge was to focus. Okay, Bryce, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to have to agree with Sarah. Uh, It was along the same lines. Actually, my my talk was a lesson for myself, to just get back to the groove. What is it that we're talking about? What is the focus here? And and let's make sure we deliver the message. Um, Because I'm also long-winded, so I like to talk a lot. So I was like, okay, how do I consolidate this into something that's clear and concise? And so, yeah, that was my challenge, really just like properly formulating what needed to be said in an efficient way.
0: Yeah, we know that Bryce likes to talk a lot. (laughs) We have had him here in a studio, uh, which was a pleasure. And he was not scripted. Uh, But now let's jump to Cecilia. And actually, I have to say, I haven't seen neither her speech, nor I didn't make that interview because that was in part three. Uh, Marta, Cecilia had a very important topic she was talking about.
1: Yes, Cecilia definitely touched a lot of people's hearts on that day. And after her uh, segment, uh, after the last segment was done, I actually spent quite a lot of time waiting to be able to interview her because there were so many people that were approaching her and just sharing how important her speech was. Uh, Cecilia is a storyteller and she was bringing a top, she was bringing how it is to live with many different types of mental disorders. Mm -hmm. It was so courageous, like talking about saying something that is personal and close to your heart, Mm -hmm. that's a a completely new level of what she did there.
0: Yeah, I believe so. So let's see what was her challenge. Okay, so being a TEDx
9: speaker, what has been the biggest challenge for you? Um, Like when you see a TEDx talk on the internet, you are often smitten by the speaker and um, quite, quite impressed with their talk, but you kind of forget that they've been working really hard before that eight or ten minutes where they're on stage, and that has really surprised me, (laughs) all the work. Yeah, I actually, I don't remember your question. What was the biggest challenge that you have encountered on the journey? My biggest challenge has been writing the speech and writing something that was relatable in a way because... Um, it's my life, but at the same time, I want other people to be able to see parts of themselves in some of it.
0: I believe that we also have here a very important uh, aspect. Uh, Marta, you were making those interviews by the end of the day, and most of those speakers, they were simply exhausted by the entire day of of, uh, either waiting or then afterwards uh, presenting or doing the speech and then talking with people. So uh, I think we will have another the last speaker with a challenge, Ludwig, who was also very tired. Yes, yes,
1: Ludwig was very tired, uh, yet he was very dedicated mm-hmm. to making sure that he can have
0: this interview with me. So thank you, Ludwig. Yes, and Ludwig is a professor at the Department of Medical Physics and Danish Center for Particle Therapy uh, in Aarhus. And he actually works on, um, he works with cancer Yes, he does. He actually shared that he lost his
1: mother to cancer when he was young. And actually he dedicated his life uh, to finding a way to help uh, cancer treatment in honor
0: of her life. So that was a beautiful thing. Let's hear what Ludwig perceived as his biggest challenge.
10: I think the challenge was to... Um, find the right balance in the inf- level of information and what, what I, w- I could include in these 18 minutes. The topic I am talking about, was talking about is mm, physics and radiotherapy, so it's maybe a little bit complicated. Um, and there were, were a lot of things I would have liked to talk about. So a um, lot of things about uh, lot about more details in physics about patient treatments and uh, we are just been building this really big proton therapy center here in Aarhus and there are lots of things I would have liked to share so I think that the, the biggest challenge was to find or to create one story that was that you could um, present here to this audience that had the right details and was like one story there could have been a lot of Other, like you couldn't make TEDx talks about different parts of it, I think. But uh, that was the challenge, I think. But it was really nice to do.
0: So uh, those were the challenges. And um, I think that if we have anyone who is considering becoming a TEDx, Speaker, now you got it. You got the information. It is not as easy as one would presume. And with that very optimistic note, let's jump to the bullshit of the week.
1: Say what?
0: It's bullshit of the week. So the first person that will talk a little bit about bullshit that we have chosen is Andreas. Andreas was actually the very first speaker that was uh, gracing the stage of uh, TEDx Aarhus 2019 and he was he was really good. Oh, yeah, he rocked the stage. He rocked the stage, although he also said to us that he he, he had to train, but he looked like a natural. Uh, Andreas is an award-winning engineer and a researcher. And he has developed human antibodies against toxins from venomous snakes by using modern biotechnological methods. It's the first antibodies against toxins from the black Mamba people. So this is actually someone who is doing very cool, very scientific things. And Andreas will share one of the um, biggest bullshits that he he have noticed in the science world. And afterwards, we will have Kasper and Stefan that you have heard about, um, probably complimenting his statement. Let's hit it.
3: Well, in science, there's a lot of bullshit.
0: A lot of bullshit. Can you share one? Is it possible for you?
3: So maybe Maybe some of the bullshit that I have experienced is basically a lot of mainly older scientists just basically said My that my ideas before I had shown that it could be done were just like they were hopeless. It could never be done Now that I have proven that it can be done Then they just start finding other things saying that that's impossible. So there's there's, there's uh seems to be and i think this is a general thing not just for me but in science that uh, you really need to fight hard to get your ideas across and get people to believe in them especially some of the more older conservative uh, people so
0: but guys with every wisdom comes the bullshit so please tell us what was the biggest bullshit you encounter either on your tedx journey or in your field of expertise Casper.
6: the biggest bullshit, bullshit. I experienced in, in during making the TED talk, or
0: uh, you can choose either the TED talk experience or in the field of your expertise.
6: <laughs> oh, I'm unsure if I can give an, a a good answer to that. Well, well, ov- obviously, bullshit could be bad scientific practice. Some people don't have the 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 best of scientific practices, meaning that it's difficult to rely on results which are not made methodologically exact or, or robust in a statistical manner. Um, so so trying to to make general statements about something which is not thoroughly examined is not very helpful for anyone. So that will be an example of bullshit from the real world. From TED, I'm not sure about if I've experienced any bullshit. A couple of jokes along the way, but nothing wrong with that as far as I can see.
0: Okay, Stefan,
1: how about you and your bullshit? I'm sure you have something to share. <laughs>
6: Oh
5: um, Well, work-wise, the bullshit is definitely having something you have evidence for, have practical experience, you have proof. But because it hits people on a set of values or feelings, then uh, you still have the majority of a political agenda opposing what you want to do. Because, well, I work, I pay my taxes, why should they just... Those feelings, It's it's not... And we tend to act selfish or, or, or egotistical sometimes, and those feelings are not pretty. And I see them when I'm trying to sell this project, and that's bullshit. Um, for me, bullshit all, is also doing a script and stuff, but I understand the idea, I understand why, I understand the process, I understand the purpose. It's just, it's not for me. I just wanna go up and talk, and everyth- and that's being human. Everything we create that has some value to us, it's only in here, like TEDx. And everything else where you do a talk is a talk. The only thing that exists is doing the talk. So the brand, the lights, everything else is only what you create in here. Oh, I have this big thing and the process. I had to remove it in order to relax and just go up, do a talk, go down like you do the rest of the time. Because everything else was just building up in my mind as something huge. But doing a talk in front of people is the same thing regardless. And that's, for me, remove the bullshit of my own mind and taking it down a notch. And that helps.
0: So, uh, yeah, first of all, apparently there is still a lot of bullshit in science, Marta. Well, yes, we did hear that. We hear that from uh, from all of the speakers because if we would look at what Stefan said, that you can have a theory, you can have a practical experience, and you can ha- you can have proofs, and you will still be rejected because of some reasons. That is uh, that is definitely bullshit. And also, you know, removing all the bullshit from your head before you are going out there, I think it's also very important. Well, we could definitely see that Stefan has succeeded
1: with removing all the bullshit. He removed
0: all the bullshit. Trust me. Trust me. Trust us. But without further ado, let's just see what Sarah said about her encountered bullshit.
7: I think, yeah, for me, in the line with my talk, I think the biggest bullshit in the design business is a bit the tendency that we've patted ourselves on the shoulder that we're always so great because we are focusing on people and meeting people's needs. Um, but this is simply not enough. So I have to say, even though people needs are still very relevant in humanity-centered design and creating a better future and better systems around us, it's bullshit to think that that's enough.
0: So uh, that actually was a topic that we will hear further on uh, also in the second part where we talked with audience because many people had exactly the same thoughts. They, they actually were having even more explicit thoughts. Uh, but that's uh, quite interesting. Um, maybe there is quite a lot of bullshit there. Oh, yeah. We find bullshit for every single episode. That we, we did. Do. We did. And now we would like to present another bullshit. This time we will uh, play a little clip with Emma. And Vanna, Vanna, you know already, but Emma actually uh, is regaining Aarhus Poetry Slam champion and a winner of this year's English Poetry Sam- Slam Copenhagen Cup. Emma is a trained performer from the London School of Dramatic Arts and Bachelor of Arts from Copenhagen University. I also missed Emma's speech, unfortunately.
1: Her speech was very interesting, of course, and she added some uh, poetry into it as well. So you definitely have to see it, Anna. I'm quite sure you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And Emma was also previously a co-host of uh, TEDx orhus So it was great to see her
0: in that different role this time. Yes. So let's hear it from Emma
1: and...
8: Ah! I mean, I don't think I've realized any sort of bullshit about society or anything. I think I've realized some bullshit about TEDx and about doing these things that are quite high profile because people think it's a really glamorous thing. And of course, it's glamorous tonight when you're on stage and everything is incredible. But it's also a lot of hard work. Uh, and you don't realize that when you sign up and you say, yes, of course, I'll do this. Uh, and then for a couple of months, you sort of start regretting that decision. And then, of course, tonight, everything is worth it. But it is so much hard work. So if anyone thinks doing a TED Talk is just like a wing and a smile and then you'll be fine, no, <laughs> it's not. Okay, the biggest bullshit doing TED Talk is easy. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, it's thank you. To do, but not easy. <laughs> okay, thank you, Vanna.
7: I'm not sure, because my whole experience has been overall, of course I've worked a lot, but I kind of expected that, um, oh, I know my bullshit, that uh, you always think that, oh, for the next deadline I'll prepare on time, you <laughs> never prepare on time, even if you're preparing for a TED talk, never, never.
8: I mean, that's one point maybe we should say, like, when you do this process you've got the curators that help you along. Yeah. And I've been the same. Deadlines have been pushed, I've gone over time and stuff. And then you've got these amazing curators who do this completely voluntarily and they help you through it. So they will, you know, bounce ideas with you. They'll look through your scripts. They are there for moral support. And so throughout that process, that TED team is like super incredible. Um, and yeah. We've all missed deadlines and they sort of just accept it and help us anyway. (laughs) Not that it's a tip
1: for any uh, future TEDx speakers. Don't, don't do that anyway.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, quite a lot of bullshit, guys. But as I said in one of the footage, Every bullshit has a wisdom to complement it, and every wisdom has a bullshit. So now we will uh, listen to a couple of clips from the speakers about the wisdoms that they have to share with us. And we will not comment on it. We will just allow it to let it roll because that wisdom should not be interrupted. And we will hear from Sine, Bryce, Emma, Cecilia and Andreas. So hit it with the wisdom.
6: A super wise
1: wisdom of the weak.
0: about an uh, extremely important topic and i i actually think that you touched many hearts here today because there is a huge line we actually struggled to get an interview with Sina, and there is a lot of people asking you for details as i assume the topic was about foundations psychological foundations of being prone to emotionally abusive relationships. So it's a very important one. The most interesting thing that you said for me was that emotional abuse is actually illegal. Yes. How
4: how can you prove that you are emotionally abused? Yes, that is actually the big question right now. It has been illegal in Denmark since the first of April this year. And now we are sort of in a trial and error period because the whole system, actually are sort of not knowing what to do Um, in my work i have uh, contacts with a lot of women who have these custody battles and and some of them are really dirty so you can also have this psychological abuse taking on in the courthouses where you constantly are brought into uh, court with types of uh, legal issues and that sort of is a new state where the violence can take out so there's a lot of um, issues right now because, as I said, we don't have a clear definition. We have a working definition. But as I said, how do you prove it? And that is what we are working on right now. Because would it be, for example, a proof that a woman came and was working with me and, and that I could see that there are some of the same components that I'm used to seeing in these kind of relationships? Or would a text message or emails be... Prove enough. So um, we are in a sort of a a gap now, and there has only been 16 trials from uh, April till now, and and a lot of uh, juries and and courthouses are actually quite puzzled. How how should we sort of go around this uh, law? Because it is difficult.
0: Yeah actually the examples you gave were not very obvious examples it's no. not like uh, for instance you're idiot or you're ugly but you also mentioned that th- those are obvious things yes. you also mentioned something like you're overreacting this is yes. all in your head yes. that sounds like gaslighting it is
4: gaslighting it is gaslighting cuz you what i see that there's psychological abuse is not just one thing and i see it as a, in a continent so you could have something that is maybe not so obvious uh, or, or maybe to a certain degree, and then you can have something that is full on with maybe a drug addict a man or a, a lawyer or something like that. But it is, and that is why it is so difficult, because if you, for, for example, have something like gaslighting, where you're constantly told that the inner... Um, feelings or the experience you got inside are wrong, then you start questioning them. And then you actually buy into the uh, story that it is me, it is me that is wrong. Maybe it's me that's sick. And I have women coming into my uh, practice asking me directly, seeing is it me? Am I mentally ill? Because that is what they have been told for maybe many years or maybe just for a short period of time. But it is a kind of brainwash. Uh, and and the, how do you pull that? It is, um, I would say that it requires some uh, very specialized people who can see some of the, the patterns in the communication. For example, and in, when you communicate via text. Because uh, what you often see also in these kind of manipulating um, behaviors that some of the communication has um, what we call double binding. Mm -hmm. So there's actually two kinds of messages. So you can say, I love you and I hate you. And and then you get confused. And being confused is a very big part of all this psychological abuse. It's what I'm looking for as one of the first red flags that the women come into my practice and say, I'm totally confused, what is going on here? Because on one side, this and the other side is that but, but that it really requires uh, a person who has sort of knowledge about how this communication is, because I can see it quite easy now on messages and, and, and mails, but, but for other, it may look like, oh, but he seems very nice, he says, yeah. okay. Yeah, but there is some other layer in the communication that really acquires sort of a, a special eye to catch. And, and and what I always say that how is the feeling inside? Mm-hmm. What is the message and what is the feeling inside? And start to listen to the feeling inside and not what the message is. Look at the behavior not the words.
0: If I would ask you about one wisdom that you have learned, discovered on this journey, what would that be? Bryce? Mm. Ah, a good question.
2: <laughs> Learning. Actually, for me, I'm gonna just be completely honest. Uh, learning that I, uh, I deserve these things, that the, I, I'm deserving of things. Uh, meaning like, for instance, TED Talks. I watch TED Talks, but I'm a hip hop dancer from New Jersey and Philly. And so then to be asked to do a TED Talks and with people who are like, you know, designers and neuroscience and all the other smart people that I see on TED Talks and stuff, I'm like, I'm, I'm here talking about dance, you know? you know just realizing that look i was i was asked for a reason and to really embrace it and own it like you know when we get good things a lot of times sometimes we don't we question ourselves but and i i dealt with that i was questioning myself and i had to learn that you know what i deserve this so let's go do it cuz somebody else might get benefit from it so yeah I hope that answers the question. So
1: you guys might not know that, but Emma has actually been in Aarhus before in
8: slightly different role. So, Emma, what role was that and which role was cooler? (laughs) Um, Well, I was the host back uh, in 2017. We were co-hosts, so it was me and a guy called Philip Morley. Uh, And that was great. It was a lot of fun. We know each other before as well, so it was quite an enjoyable experience to do that together. Um, I will say it's two very different experiences. I think as a speaker, I was super nervous. I wasn't when I was hosting it because It's more relaxed, you're more just there for the speakers. Um, And now I really get why the speakers were so nervous back in 2017 when I was there. Uh, Because you're really, you worry also about this video that's gonna be created, that's gonna be eternalized. And so that's sort of in your mind in a completely different way from any performance I've ever done before. Uh, So that was definitely different. I think the output is amazing when you're a speaker, but the stress is also bigger, you know. Yeah.
1: There has been a lot of wisdom shared today. I'm wondering what's the wisdom nugget that you are bringing with
9: you from today? Um, Bryce's talk really inspired me. Um, the part about finding a way to express yourself and that is something I'm struggling with a lot. Um, I'm using my words often because I go to a psychiatrist but the thing about using your body and trying to feel comfortable in that and Showing your emotion in that way is really an interesting way of thinking about like what happens in your head and trying to yeah cope with that so i 'll definitely want to dance when I get home <laughs> later
3: What surprised me most on my journey that's a good question um, that 's really hard to say what surprised me most I think probably part of what has surprised me most is that many people, not just scientists but people in general they have such a hard time looking into the future and seeing what might be possible in 10, 20 years, where they focus very much on what they think is, is possible today, but in reality, what was possible 10 years ago. So I think that is something that continues, it continues to amaze me a little bit, is people are, they're they, they, are, they are not very sort of, uh, they don't look much into the future, they don't believe in major changes, they don't, they see the, the world as either stagnant or growing, you could say, more like in a in a linear way whereas in reality science and technology is growing exponentially so what we can do now is just a fraction of what we can do in 10 years and what we can do then will only be a fraction of what we can do in 20 years so i think that's that's maybe some of the more uh, surprising things when you go in as a scientist that you don't see the people they can really that they really believe that the things will move faster than uh, and what they expect. So
0: I would say that when TEDx speakers are sharing their wisdom, there is no commentary needed. So I hope that our listeners enjoyed these nuggets of wisdom, wisdoms, nuggets. I don't know how to say it. See, I'm screwing it up already. So let's just jump to the left field.
5: Oh.
0: G. 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 From the left field.
5: What what, what? what?
7: Wow. <laughs> oh. So
0: Marta, you have mentioned that we didn't manage to interview one of the speakers. And who was that? That was Maria. And Maria was having a speech. I actually have seen the speech about virtual reality and how it can be used in storytelling and spreading awareness about very important things like sweatshops or um, people in coma. And uh, we did not manage to get her because she was a very busy lady. Yeah, she actually went uh, to
1: let people experience that virtual Mm -hmm. reality so she was not available during the break when we were supposed to do the interview because she was actually out there with people giving them the
0: experience. Exactly but what we have managed to do is to get Sine, Maria's partner in crime who was uh, preparing the entire setup for virtual reality experience before the talks started and we made a little uh, interview with her so now you will be able to Uh, actually realize what virtual reality can mean for us in the future. Do you think that virtual reality is an art? Because this is what you will be doing today with the
11: people from TEDx, right? Correct. I definitely believe virtual reality, amongst other things, can be an art form. That's definitely what we try to express at MAN, our company, where we try to use virtual reality as a means of a gateway to create um, deep storytelling where we also strive uh, across the empathy and really try to get your emotions and a credible state of presence while you're in this very real virtuality.
0: Okay. Marta, are you convinced?
11: I am convinced and I am really looking
1: forward. I hope that Lasse will be able to capture that Sine yeah. has prepared like a therapist bed slash surgery bed. Well,
0: first we thought that this is a therapy for the speakers after they get from stage that they can, you know, just talk with someone about how it went and if they are disappointed in themselves or something. But no, this is actually the thing. So, Sine, tell us, how does it work?
11: Marta, right. So this piece is our first larger VR installation called Separate Silences. Marie and I made this while we were still at film school as part of our bachelor project alongside uh, three of our student uh, co-students, uh, Amelie, David, and Mette. And what we're seeing here is just um, a trailer version of the actual piece. So normally we would have two hospital beds across from each other. we have two people coming in at the time. You would each get to know that either you can be little brother Noah or big sister Rebecca. And then you put on the head mount. Now whatever happens in the virtual story will also happen to your physical body. So we touch you a lot, you smell some scent, you get injections at times and we really try to tell the story of this pair of siblings who uh, who have ended in coma and are going through sleep paralysis in coma. It's a 20 minute experience and today it's only 5 minutes long.
0: So the last question would be where people can find you if they didn't manage to the Orhus and would like to try that kind of virtual reality, dead
11: breathing on your neck type of thingy. Right, so... Um, this has been exhibited at Cannes Film Festival, Venice Film Festival and also at Luxembourg. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been around places. We've also been lucky to show this at several venues in Denmark. Right now it's not on exhibition other than when there are planned events such as this one. We do have a Facebook page called Separate Silences. You're more than welcome to go in there and see the new dates. We have X-Ray Fashion, the installation version. This is the 360 version you're seeing over here that Maria is talking about. We have the installation uh, participating at the This Festival right across from here in, uh, in Filmburg Aarhus um, the 29th till the 31st of uh, October and there you're more than welcome to come in and see it as well Okay. otherwise always keep updated on our website man.dk and, and we'll post
0: Yeah, by the way, of course, all the links to websites, social media and uh, contact information of all the speakers are in the show notes of this episode. So if you got interested by any of the topics, you can always reach out there. And let's hope that the speeches will appear on YouTube uh, quite soon. Yes, we are hoping for that because we know for the fact that as of December the 13th, when we are recording this show, uh, the speeches are not ready yet. Okay, what would You've Got Five Options be if we wouldn't have a blooper collection, Marta? That would not be us. No, no, that would not be us. I chose, I have chosen only a couple of them. I'm not quite sure how it will um, sound on the radio, um, but, uh, well, I think it will sound funny, but it will for sure look even funnier. So I would recommend you to take a look at the video version of this episode. And let's see, Marta, if you will like our greatest moments from TEDxorhus. That is uh, in plan, but we have to we have to okay. do now.
1: Hell, hell!
4: Can you do it now, yes?
0: Bloopers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Blue pers>. Hello. <laughs> we are ready. Yes. So you are planning to have some volunteers here.
11: I have a lot of people in this bed, yes. <laughs> uh, that, that
0: didn't sound uh, kinky at all, at all. And guys, first of all, you are fantastic, both of you. And we are not just saying that because uh, we have to, but we actually <laughs> think that we are fantastic. If we think that speakers suck, we don't say anything. Is right. what was the biggest surprise for you, maybe today,
1: here in Aarhus, TEDx Aarhus. And Bryce goes first. Okay. Bryce,
0: yeah. Now, Sarah, you have time to think.
2: Yeah. All
4: right.
2: Here uh, you go. The biggest surprise was uh, I could forget my entire script and still keep going.
0: <laughs> That's almost like us every single time we do yeah. the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just a tiny bit of bloopers that we have uh, we have chosen with the speakers because actually with the speakers we did, uh, we did quite a professional job. The second episode will have Uh, more of those. So guys, you need to tune in for the part two. And unfortunately, uh, you to experience the entire awesomeness of this compilation, you need to definitely see it uh, as a video. Marta, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, maybe we could also have it as a trailer. One day. Oh that that could be that could be an idea uh, definitely but uh, yeah so far so good i think this show reminded me of how great uh, the speakers were and uh, really props it was an honor to interview them it was an honor to listen to them and um, yeah i think i should just shut up marta what do you think it was a lot of fun and we are really
1: thankful to the organizers who have invited us and treated us so well
0: royal i would say we were treated royally
1: we hope that we were able to contribute with showing you the fantastic atmosphere from the event and
0: thank you thank you very much guys and remember to tune in for part two when we will talk with the audience and the organizers it will be cool, it will be funny, it will be awesome, it will be You've Got 5 Options.
1: You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number.
0: To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website the
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more.
0: That's all folks!